I feel like we do have to address some things that have been going on in the world because we haven't done a podcast since all, let's say all the shit came down. So shit's fucked up. Yes. All over the place. We, if you're not aware, are both in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. I'm in, I'm in uptown Minneapolis, pretty close to where George Floyd was murdered and all of the protests and rioting have been happening. And I'm in St. Paul where we've had some of that, but not nearly mm-hmm. bad. But it's still, if you've been in the Twin Cities, it's not like we're really two cities. Yeah. We're all pretty fucking close to each other. So yep. it's, we haven't had a podcast out in a few few weeks few weeks so it you know it's been stressful and crazy and the pandemic on top of everything else so we hope that you're all safe and staying safe and healthy and making good choices and recognizing your privileges it's really really easy to not understand what white privilege is so i really encourage everybody to research it there are so many resources out there right now yes my favorite my favorite of my personal anecdotes is that a few years ago I got pulled over because I was driving home from work at about 11 p.m. and I accidentally ran a stop sign and it was a stop sign I knew was there. I just I was thinking about getting home and whatever, you know, eating my snack and going to bed and the cop pulled me over and my first thought was what the fuck does this asshole want? It never once occurred to me that like this might be how I die. No, and that's that's never th- something that we have to think about as two Never, absolutely never, and that is the reality for people. So I live in, I live about a mile from where George Floyd was murdered. My best friend of twenty years, Fiona, and Jesse's good friend lives about eight blocks yeah. from where the third precinct was burned down. I don't care that the third precinct was burned down. I no. think that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> if you cannot attend protests and rallies if you are physically unable to that's totally fine but please give money that's where we are now yeah give money to black lives matter there are a lot of really great organizations and a lot of local organizations here in minneapolis yes. as well as i'm sure whatever town you may be listening in brianna taylor's m- murderers have still not been arrested and got, this one is, of them got fired recently one of them got fired which, and okay great but can we keep going with that Will and I talked about this, and we talk about, you know, nothing else, but the other day he said, like, this is really remarkable to him that this is the hill they're willing to die on, that, like, they will give up a lot, but they're not going to give up their right to just, like, murder black women yeah. with no repercussions. So it's, so really think long and hard about it if you think that the protesters are in the wrong or if you think that the cops are fine and there are still good cops examine those thoughts and examine your beliefs a little bit it's a really toxic industry and as somebody who is studying i'm studying psychology with the goal of getting a master's in forensic psychology if the police end up being disbanded the way that we want them to here i will be one of the people who gets called i will be on that 911 dispatch organization to help defuse situations, de-escalate situations, like the idea of defunding the police sounds really scary because of language, but it's not. I mean, one of the greatest examples or analogies that I've seen is we've been just defunding education for decades. Absolutely. If you're okay with have. defunding your schools, you shouldn't have a problem with defunding the police. Yep. There is a, a podcast um, called Behind the Police, which is hosted by Robert Evans, who does Behind the Bastards. And it's about the establishment of the police in America, starting with, he actually starts it with like fucking 
the cops in ancient Greece, which is basically family members keeping tabs on their own people. Like the police is basically someone come get your man. <laughs> like this right. guy is acting up. Come collect and, your folk. And it, I mean, in America, they started as slave catchers and that mentality, it seems like has never really stopped. So yeah, we're very left leaning here at our podcast, obviously. Clearly. And we don't like cops, even though I want to eventually work in law enforcement. I would be totally happy if cops all of the police thing. were not a thing. I um, mean, the idea that we're sending men and women trained in, frankly, fairly brutal tactics with mm-hmm. guns to mental health crises and yep. issues of yep. other things like why are we sending somebody with a gun to some of these issues that are just so so bob kroll is the president of the minneapolis police department union and he has the nickname bob kkk crawl because he is a known white supremacist he's he a has... vocal white supremacist yeah he's he also looks like a guy yet. whose name would be bob crawl if you just google yeah, a picture of him he he's sure a human does. mustache but oh, he, wow, yeah, he is. so jacob fry who is our mayor is a guy who's getting a lot of shit piled on him and he's not great but i do feel kind of bad for the guy he did make moves if i understand it correctly to outlaw the warrior training it is a police training technique that, i don't remember his name but it, it's he this guy who came up with a technique called like killography or some shit Ooh. And he he banned it, and Bob Kroll said, "Well, if Minneapolis isn't going to pay for it, I like I'll send my recruits to it for free." Yikes! And this is shit. Like everybody is out to kill you because you're a cop. Hit before you get hit. I mean, like it's totally toxic. And this is just what the this is what the police department looks like. So the police do not care about you. They are working for themselves. Do not trust them. If there is a person of color committing a crime around you don't call the cops because that person will die like it's and you don't want that on your you don't want that on your conscience no no um philando castile was murdered in my city not too long ago and that was kind of when i when i started really paying attention to all this and i'm really ashamed that it took so long and then this happened and it seems to be at least causing a pretty significant uproar in world politics. And I'm not saying that this man's death was worth it because it wasn't, no. but I'm glad that something is coming out of it. Please give money if you can. It's being heard, but we can't stop now. We can't stop now. There no. are a number of politicians going, okay, you can stop protesting. We hear you, but that's no. not the end until actual change happens, until actual reform is put in place. Yeah. Also, if you are one of the people who is feeling really sympathetic towards, like, Target for being looted, just fuck off. Well, also, Target didn't really come out and say, oh, poor us for being looted. No, they didn't. um, Target's been pretty good about this all. Target is, if you're not aware, a Minneapolis-based company. Yep. Their headquarters is in Minneapolis. This Um, is where your God is, people. (laughs) This is where your (laughs) middle-class white people God is, right here in (laughs) Minneapolis. I did read that they are paying all of their Lake Street store employees while they're good. fixing That's up the good. store and they're yeah. doing this stuff. Target was the first big Minnesota company to come out and say we're making Juneteenth a company holiday. Yeah, they, did. they were quickly followed by U.S. Bank and Best Buy. Oh, a ton, a ton of couple because because Best Buy is also a, it's a, in Richfield. It's also a Minneapolis yep. company. Best Buy is right here in Minneapolis as well. Um, so I mean it's great that these things are happening it sucks that it had to happen because george floyd died 
yeah, the the tides are changing, and I just really hope that people are on the right side of history because this is never going to be the same. Right. Be on the right side of history. Take a second step back and think about where you are and what you're thinking and what you're saying. And what mm-hmm. you're saying and putting out in the world that people of color are seeing and people that you're claiming to be friends with are seeing, what are what message are you sending to them? Um. So Bob Kroll because he's the president of the union, he is elected and he was elected with a 70% majority last time, which to me means that 70% of the Minneapolis police department are corrupt assholes. So you're standing with the white supremacist union president. Right. So when I hear right now, people who live in Minneapolis telling me that all cops aren't bad. And I told this to my friend who was arguing with me, 30% of us aren't garbage is a really terrible rallying cry. Right. That's not a great so statistic to have. They're, they're trash. The cops need to be fucking all fired and rehired based on different standards. and Like living in just, the area that you're patrolling? Yeah, that's the thing. Like something like 80% of Minneapolis cops don't live in Minneapolis. Derek <laughs> Chauvin, the, the man who murdered George Floyd, lives in mm-hmm. Oakdale, which is a shitty suburb far away from Minneapolis. It's on the other side of St. Paul from Minneapolis. It's a very close to where Jesse grew up. It is uh, my teenage stomping grounds and it is not good. <laughs> but yeah, so make sure you're on the right side of history, kids. And take care of yourselves, please. And wash your fucking hands. Hello and welcome to Where the People Aren't. I'm Jesse And I'm Allie. Today we're talking about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or Dwarves. Dwarfs? I looked this up. So dwarfs is like the most commonly accepted way of spelling it. Apparently, I can't remember if it was Tolkien or some other sci-fi writer spelled it with a V-E-S and not the F-S. Okay. So they both are right? I think if I recall, and I could super be wrong... I'm pretty sure that little people prefer being called a dwarf with an F because dwarves is more common in like fantasy. That's fair. Again, I might have made that up, but I'm pretty sure I saw that on Little People Big World in like 2008. That is a super legitimate source. Let's talk about a deep cut here. Deep I've always loved cut. TLC. You know what I do on my time off now? I watch 90 Day Fiancé Pillow Talk, which is former cast members of 90 Day Fiancé watching new episodes of 90 Day Fiancé and commenting on it. Are this you is kidding? What I, I'm not. And it makes me laugh. And we're in quarantine. And I don't care. Yep. I told Will he has to watch the next season of whatever one comes up next to me. I was like, we're going to do this as a family. <laughs> <laughs> well, my drink of choice is just some plain old white wine. Who the fuck knows what Jesse's going to be drinking? Who knows, because Connor is still putting it together. It is involved, it has three different rums, uh, passion fruit liqueur, hmm. I think there's some apple schnapps in there, I don't know man, he's going hard. And why is he been himself busy? He's entertaining himself, that's, that's for right. sure. Your facts? Your facts. So, if you can, try to picture it. Trying. It's 1937. It's all in black and white. Everything is in black and white. <laughs> Nothing is in color yet. There were several big hits that year, music-wise. I don't know how they. I don't know how they judged what was a big hit because I'm pretty sure Billboard was not around in 1937. 
No, I think it's probably just what was popular. I mean, I guess. I guess, yeah. The popular tunes of the day, including some of the biggest hits of the year, were It's Still Lovely, performed by, I think it's Eddie Duchin? Duchin? But it was written by Cole Porter. Cole Porter. They Can't Take That Away From Me, performed by Fred Astaire. And You're Too Marvelous for Words, performed by Bing Crosby, which is a song that Fiona put on a mix CD for us, for me, when we were like 14 years old. So I like that song a lot. I search for phrases to sing your praises, but there aren't any magic adjectives to tell you all you are. You're just too marvelous, too marvelous for words. Anyway, that yours a hit factory. Hit factory. I think all of those songs are probably on the When Harry Met Sally soundtrack performed by Harry Connick Jr. John John Steinbeck's depressing depression novella of Mice and Men is published, later becomes a big bummer of a movie starring Gary Sinise and John Malkovich, also directed by Gary Sinise. William H. Hasty becomes the first black federal judge in America in 1937. Oh, is that crazy? It does seem a little crazy, given, you know, the rampant racism of our country's history. Spam is introduced to the market. Minnesota Pride. I hate spam. I also hate spam. I've always hated spam. loves spam. Does he really? How do you know when Connor really loves something or if he's just trying to get a rise out of you? When he orders every available flavor of spam so he can try them all. But, you know, they're all going to be bad. I bet Spam with garlic would be pretty okay. There are many, many flavors. Connor has them all. There's just a ton of Spanish Civil War shit. I go on Wikipedia and just look up years to get most of this stuff. Legit, for most and, of my information comes from. Right, and every month it was like one or at least one or two Spanish Civil War. Spanish Civil War. Spanish Civil War. I don't know anything about the Spanish Civil War, so except yeah. for what I learned from Pan's Labyrinth, so I should probably research it at some point. J.R.R. Tolkien's boring book, The Hobbit, is published. Okay, not fair. The Hobbit is not boring. The Fellowship of the Rings is a terrible slog. But The Hobbit is actually a fun story. I've never been able to get through any of them. I can't do high fantasy. The the Hobbit's more of like a heist book. It's actually kind of fun. It's a self-contained novel. It's a one story. The Fellowship of the Rings, no, fuck that. That shit goes on forever. Half of the two towers is just them walking through forest, and it's awful. It's my favorite of the movies, though. Okay, but the movies are not the same thing. The books are not. I I can have my opinions, and I think it's boring. You're wrong. (laughs) It wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) (laughs) And on December 21st, 1937, the first ever full-length animated film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, premieres at the Carthay Circle Theater in Los Angeles, revolutionizing animated cinema forever. Snow White and the Seven Doors was directed by a whole group of people, but the supervising director was David Hand. There was also William Cottrell, Wilfred Jackson, Larry Morey, Pierce Pierce. <laughs> um, did his parents just hate him on sight and decide to ruin his whole life? Mm. And Ben Sharpstein. So it was kind of like a whole group of people, and I'm sure it's because it was the first one of this kind, and they were still figuring out what the fuck they were doing. Do you think that the supervising director, David Hand, had the biggest hand in directing this film? Uh, No idea, because I don't think I saw his name, like, anywhere else. 
Maybe not, though. They handed everything over to Pierce Pierce because his name. Pierce. Poor guy. We should have a name pun podcast. Add that to the list. Add it to the list. It, again, the writing was kind of like the big group of people doing things. So Ted Sears, Richard Creedon, Otto Englander, Englander? Dick Rickard. He made also that name a up. Name. That's a terrible name. <laughs> Otto Englander. That's not a real name. Well, and Dick Rickard. <laughs> Earl Hurd. Earl Hurd, Meryl DeMarsis, Dorothy Ann Blank, Webb Smith. Great, great names. Who 1930s. made this shit? 1930s. 1930s. Oh, that's a woman, though. Huh? Dorothy Ann Blank. She One also woman. She also didn't really exist. They just wanted to add some diversity. Oh, her last name is, uh, uh, blank. Blank. I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) Music was done by Frank Churchill, Paul Smith, and Lee Harlan. Jealous of Snow White's beauty, the Wicked Queen orders the murder of her innocent stepdaughter, but later discovers that Snow White is still alive and hiding in a cottage with seven friendly little miners. Disguising herself as a hag, the queen brings a poisoned apple to Snow White, who falls in a death-like sleep that can be broken only by a kiss from the prince. I feel like there's a lot missing from that. Is there? Not a lot happens in this movie. How come the release date is like two months after? So it was released in December 1937, like a very small limited release, like just at this one theater or whatever. And then it had a wider release on Hmm. February 4th, 1938. So that's why. I don't have any 1938 facts. I assume it was much of the same. Spanish Civil War is still going on. I know that now. Probably. It had a budget of $1.49 million and a box office of $418 million. Wow. It earned four times more than any other motion per- picture released in 1938. Holy it crap. Was the, yeah. It was the most successful sound film of all time, displacing The Singing Fool, until 1940 when Gone with the Wind took over. Mm. Adjusted for inflation is the 10th highest grossing film of all time, and I believe the highest grossing animated film of all time. That is bananas. It has a rating of 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 85% on Google. The classic yes-no votes. I gotta assume that that 98% on Rotten Tomatoes is just due to its history and, like, the first of it. and Respect for the... Respect, mostly, yeah. more than... Because it's... Not a great movie. I don't think it technically won any awards the year it was released. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I made this note twice. Uh, in 1938, Disney won an honorary Oscar, kind of yeah. just, I think, for being Disney, which was one regular-sized statue and seven tiny statues. And that's pretty cute, right? It is pretty cute. It was awarded to him by Shirley Temple. Very cute, again. Very cute. Too, too, too cute. No waiting. Too cute snow waiting. So yeah, it's... I had some other things written down. Oh, it got a walk of... Apparently it has a star on the Walk of Fame. That's weird. I thought that was just people. I thought it was too. But apparently... Or maybe it's Snow White has a star. Who knows? Anyway, moving on with our lives. Origin story. Let me pull out my my essay that I wrote. should have made some popcorn. You should have. I I haven't read this since I wrote it, so here's hoping I didn't screw something up weird. So nearly everyone knows the story of Snow White. Of course, most of us know the story that we see in Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. It's one of the many stories the Grimm brothers collected in the 19th century in Germany. The first edition of Snow White was published in 1812 and went through a variety of changes and republishings until 1854 when the version that we know today was published. So a beautiful queen pricks her finger and drops of blood fall on the snow in a black framed window, leading her to wish for a child as white as snow, as red as blood, and as black as the wood in this frame. All at once? 
odd specifications, but okay. That's what I look like. It is what you look like. I mean, I'm if you want to talk about... not the fairest about... in the land, but my hair you is red. You wear a and... lot of black. I Your do. hair is red. And, and have you, you ever seen AF. such a pale person in your have entire life? Ever. Bordering powder over here. So she has a child, and they name her Little Snow White. The mother dies, and the king remarries a particularly vain woman that needs validation of her beauty from a mirror. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. Who in, who in this land is fairest of all? Uh, as Snow White grows, she becomes more beautiful and eventually surpasses the queen. This really pisses off the queen, and she tells the huntsman to bring her out to the woods and kill her and bring her back her lungs and liver. Please oh. remember, in the Grimm version, Snow White is seven. Tight. Seven years old. Go kill this kid and butcher her for me. Because I don't like how pretty she is. <laughs> Basically. That's what I was like, sure. And takes Snow White to the woods, but she's just so beautiful that he can't bring himself to kill her. So he sends her off, assuming she'll just get killed by animals anyway. But hey, he didn't have to do it, so it's totally fine. He, conveniently, a boar comes by, so he kills that instead and brings its lungs and liver to the queen who has them boiled in salt and eats them. She's got some issues, huh? She's got some issues. Did you say that the dad is dead? I think he's just never around. He's busy doing king stuff. He's off busy. He's got to be king, all right? The king remarries, and then we never hear from him again. <laughs> well, I'm done. Bye, I'm fellas. D- done my part. Please ring this chi- raise the child who has nothing to do with you. So Snow White is just out in the forest, and the tale from the Grimm's brother says she was so afraid that she just looked at all the leaves on the trees and did not know what to do. Mood. Yeah, for real. Like, Qu- quarantine mood right now. Quarantine I guess mood. I'll stare out the window for a while. Stare at stuff and don't know what to do with yourself. She eventually comes across the cabin of the dwarves and just invites herself in. Then she pulls some real Goldilocks shit and eats bits of bits of food from each of the plates and then lays down in all the beds until she finds the one she likes and just passes out. The dwarves come back and I swear Goldilocks had to have stolen this from the Grimm brothers because this was published before Goldilocks. So and they come so the dwarves come back and they discover that someone's been eating their food and touching their bed. But then the girl is so beautiful, they're just like, Well, if you do all of our housework, it's totally cool, you can just stay. She's seven. She's seven. Seven, like not quite eight. Seven, like not quite eight, and previously was six years old. The year before. Just the year before. That is how the pretty, numbers work. It's pretty messed up. Really messed up. But apparently she's cool with it, so she decides to stay. Well, she's seven. What the fuck does she know? She's seven. What do they know? Seven-year-olds are stupid as fuck. (laughs) Mine's 11, and she's still pretty dumb. (laughs) The queen checks in with her mirror and discovers that Snow White is still alive. I'm guessing that the huntsman wasn't for much longer, though. And she hatches a plan to kill the girl herself. If you want something done right, do it yourself. The dwarves tell Snow White that her stepmother is definitely going to find her, so don't let anyone in while they're gone. Snow White proceeds to let her disguised stepmother in three times in a row, even though she keeps almost dying. What the fuck? Oh, she's seven. What do you want? She's seven. You're right. So first it's for the laces for her bodice. The queen pulls so tight she can't breathe. And then there's the poison comb that she puts in her hair. Right. I'm not entirely sure how that kills her or almost Doesn't kills her. Doesn't she, like, push it into her scalp? Maybe. Maybe that's I feel like was. I read that a long okay. time ago. The dwarves figure it out and save her each time. And they're like, for real this time, don't let anyone in. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Pretty sure these dwarves should get, like, brought up on child neglect charges. She's They kept saving her. Yeah, but they also left her alone. They had to go to work. Get a babysitter. What? There's nobody else around. (laughs) I don't know why I'm fighting for the dwarves. I don't don't care. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) So each time the mirror reveals to the queen that Snow White has survived her murder attempt. Finally, the queen brings the poisoned apple. Dumb bitch Snow White lets her in 
again, and the mirror finally tells the queen that she is once again the fairest of them all. Congratulations, you killed a seven-year-old, now you're the hottest <laughs> one around. How proud are you? I did it! When Snow White eats the apple, the dwarves aren't able to figure it out. They can't realize, figure out that she's choking to death or whatever. And apparently she's just too beautiful to bury in the black ground, so they build her a glass coffin. It's creepy. Not as creepy as the next part. Oh, God. Then the weirdest prince of all the princes comes across them <laughs> and instantly falls in love with the dead girl in the coffin. Who's seven? Who is seven. <laughs> And convinces the dwarves to let him have her. Yeah, child neglect for sure. They're not doing great. No. He has his servants carry her coffin, but they trip and it dislodges the apple and she wakes up and they decide to get married. Still seven, maybe eight, if you give a little bit of time for her to be dead in the coffin. Still definitely a minor. Are you aging if you're dead? That's a really solid question. I think that's a much more philosophical question than we have time for. Let's get Nietzsche on the phone. So Let's get say. Just pull him up. So ignoring the fact that she's seven, they decide to get married and she's invite seven. her. She's seven. <laughs> They're having a wedding and they invite her stepmother, which is so petty and I love it. You know how those seven-year-old weddings are. Petty love it. AF. So of course now the queen's mirror is telling her that the young queen is a thousand times fairer than you. So she goes to this wedding, presumably just to fuck shit up. So that she can continue to be the most beautiful woman in the land. Like Maleficent style. Like Maleficent style. Except she discovers that it's actually still Snow White. And this is a quote from the fable. And terrorized, she could only stand there without moving. So she's just shocked as fuck. I thought I killed you, little girl. And then the prince makes her dance in red hot iron shoes until she dies. It's a bad way to go. Oh, Grim Brothers. So that's the 1854 version, the one that kind of, like, lived on. Yeah. The 1812 version is somehow way more fucked up. Lay it on me. She's four, right? Instead of an evil stepmother, it's actually her mother. That does make it a lot worse, doesn't it? Oh, it gets, that's not even the worst part yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's actually her mother, so jealous of her own daughter's beauty that she tries to have her killed, and then proceeds to try to kill her herself. Also... Instead of the prince's servants tripping as they bring her back to the castle, they get this glass coffin with a dead girl in it, seven-year-old dead girl, to the castle. And he is so obsessed with this dead girl in a coffin that he can't even eat without being beside her. Oh, this is like, um, what is his name? Carl Tanzler, that guy who was the fake doctor in Key West. And he fell in love with a tuberculosis patient. And then when she died, he stole her body from the cemetery that he, like, paid for. And he, like, kept replacing her decomposing skin with silk and, like, shoved her full of rags and stuff for, like, nine years. That's fucked up. You should for sure look it up. It is a no, fucked I will up not. story. I don't do the true kind gross shit like you do. I've heard it on four different podcasts. <laughs> I'm surprised it's only four. So he's so obsessed with this dead girl, and this is one of the quotes from the fable, the original one, and he could not eat a bite unless the coffin was standing next to him. That's weird. And, like, he didn't leave the side of this dead girl in a coffin. She's seven. She's seven. And he makes his servants carry this coffin around the castle to wherever he needs to be. And in the end, one of the servants that has to lug this coffin with a seven-year-old dead girl that the prince is obsessed with around gets so sick of it that he opens the coffin and slaps her. Well, it's not fucking her fault. No, but it does dislodge the apple. And she's fine. After and then not she's fine. Breathing. And again, right. he marries a seven-year-old girl that's been dead for a while. And they again mar- invite the stepmother and have her 
dance in red hot iron shoes. Again, I just feel like that's seven. Really troubling, particularly the part where she's seven. Yeah. I mean, they don't make it much better in the Disney film. She's only 14. They double her age. <laughs> that doesn't mean a lot when she's seven in the original. I don't think seven-year-olds should get married. Uh, no, I'm with you on that. I don't think I'm willing to die on that hill. Married either? No, dude. I don't think you should get married if you're under the age of 25. We don't live in West Virginia, everybody. Shout out to West Virginia. Shout out. No hate. Yeah, I don't think that you should get married unless you're at least 25. And even then, you're still pretty stupid, and you should wait. Your a while. prefrontal cortex does not stop developing until your mid 20s. You should not be doing anything until your body stops growing. My favorite brain fact. So any decision you make before 25 is stupid. It is stupid as fuck. Not as stupid as marrying a seven-year-old, but... Nothing... I'm so sorry. Continue. No, that's pretty terrible. Yeah. She was seven. Seven. You ever met a seven-year-old? Dumb as hell. But apparently she was the most beautiful woman in the land at seven. Man, what a bunch of butter faces if that was the case. <laughs> in nineteen twelve, Winthrop Ames, under the pseudonym of Jesse Brown White, produced a play of Snow of Snow White. This is the first time the doors were given names. They weren't named in the original Grim Fairy Tale. Mm. Because most of the Grim Fairy Tales are actually quite short. Oh, they're like three or four pages, yeah. Yeah, they're very short. They're just meant as like little children's fables kind of things. So in this play they were named Blick, Flick, Glick, Snick, Plick, Wick and Quee. Quee? Quee. What did Quee do to be such an outsider? Maybe he was the dopey of this play. Aww. Uh, the play was <laughs> developed into a silent film that Walt Disney saw when he was 15 in 1917. He cites it as his inspiration in making Snow White and the Seven Doors his first animated film. Was she seven in it? Probably not, because it I was... not. And th- the actress who played it in the stage play reprised her role in the movie. Oh, okay. It's it's actually kind of cool. I was reading about it. They thought that they had lost all copies of this movie, this like silent movie of the Snow White story that they did. Yes. But they found a copy of it in Denmark. It was missing a couple of scenes, <laughs> awesome. so they were able to restore it. And I didn't I didn't get a chance to look it up to see if I could find it, but I kind of want to because I kind of want to see what it would be because apparently it's not at all similar to the Disney movie. I'd love to see it. I know it sounds like fun. That's my origin story. Man, it was a it was a wild ride. I had no idea that it had been revised, like the original, like the what we know is the story in the evil. So I'm like, I had no idea that it, they had different versions of it. I don't think I'd ever heard the one where he's Carl Tanzler and he's like just hanging out with his corpse all the time. Yeah, I had either. I kind of I kind of love it though. I kind of fell on a deep dive of the Grimm brothers. Apparently, they went to school to be lawyers. And then we're like, fuck that. I'm going to study German folklore. They, it was really interesting because they both went to like the same school. So like they, the younger one just followed the older round wherever he went and did the exact same thing. And then they were like, here's a story about the child who's made into porridge. The people must know. The people must know. But yeah, so that's that. So what did you think of the movie? Oh, I didn't care for it. (laughs) I hadn't seen it in years. I Probably hadn't either. 15 years, and when I first pulled it up on Disney Plus, I for some reason I thought that it was like a sixty-minute movie. So I was kind of sitting there with my snacks, like I'll watch it and make my like eight notes. And when I saw that it was an hour and twenty-four minutes, I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> I was really bummed out. I had some difficulty with trying to give it a honest 
trying to be like honestly critical of it and how I really felt well balancing that with the fact that this was the first one ever. Right. So you the have to cut it a ton of slack. Do we? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Do we? Like, okay, so I I know we watched this one when I was a kid. We had it. I know we watched it. I remember not particularly caring about it then either and i think some of it is that it was coming off of that you know 1920s 1930s silent film vaudeville style sort of thing like connor one of the things connor brought up is that it's very slapstick humor vaudeville humor sort of thing very and so he really enjoyed that side of it i don't care for that as much (laughs) so i don't care for that frivolity so much so i think it's certainly a product of its times like it's it's certainly you know it's if Snow White were to be made today it would be a very different movie I think we need a gritty reboot Riverdale style we need oh shit that would be kind of great that would be great uh who was did you ever watch the Tenth Kingdom yes Cameron Mannheim was Snow White <sighs> amazing oh my I god watch I watched again. it not long ago like last year I watched the whole thing front to back and I was like God this movie fucking stands up it's so good oh it's so good. Is that streaming anywhere right now? I own it. I probably do too. You. We can't be. It in the doesn't same help room me. Together. It's not like you can come visit me and we can watch it together. It's on Netflix. If it's on Netflix, we should do Netflix party and watch it. Oh my god, I would take a whole day. Yeah, I didn't really like this one. I don't. I, I mean, I get the historical cinematic significance of it, but overall, I think it's dumb. It is dumb. It is dumb. It's very simplistic. It has the potential of having great layers like the original where, and I'm sorry if I'm putting too fine a point on this, she's seven years of age and homeboy is carting her around like some kind of weird good luck charm, some kind of weird, a pedophilic necrophiliac, the worst combination of things. (laughs) Oh, gross. It's not a good look, my dude. Yeah, it's weird. I think I feel like of all, I don't know. I it just feels like a weird choice of the first one to like. But I mean, it struck him apparently Walt Disney just loved this idea of it being his first. But they do a bunch of weird choices like that like with or why did they choose Hercules? I know this is a, a trigger point for you. This is a major triggering point for me. Why and did I they do not pick Hercules? When the story is that he goes crazy and murders his wife and children. Well, that's not until, like, way later. There's Here's the thing. Is there's so but much still. Hercules shit. They could have done something Hercules without totally shitting on the mythology. We're not getting into this right now. Okay, we don't have time for this right now, Allie. We're talking about Snow White. Pull it back in. Bottle your rage for the Hercules episode. I am trying to hold it in and you need to let us, let's move <laughs> on. Okay. Because otherwise I'm going to start fucking ranting about Greek mythology and it's not going to get pretty. So Snow White. <laughs> Where is the dad? Where Wait, is the king? The what dad? are they? What is she the queen of? The queen of Germany? Well, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think because so some of what I read about when like the Grimm brothers were going around, so they were working with some other guy who wanted to collect like folk tales of Germany and like put them together. And then apparently he just never did anything with it. So we're like, fuck you, buddy. We're going to put our own book out, which is how we got the Grimm brothers tales. His name was Dale or something. <laughs> I don't remember what his name is. Something. I mean, it was a folk tale. So it was probably something from, you know, it was one of those like oral stories that was told yeah. over and over again and passed down and whatnot so distilled. they had collected distilled down and they had gone around and gotten a bunch of versions and put it together i don't know i feel like it got really dumbed down almost for this disney film mm-hmm. 
like we go from three attempts to murder this girl down to just the poison apple. We lose the other bits. Which is, it's it's funny to say that they dumbed down a story that's like four pages long, but they did. But it's a rich four pages. A very rich four pages. Because otherwise, I feel like they did a, f- it feels pretty similar to the original story. It hits a lot of the same notes. I don't think that Disney would do a movie that was this, like, had this many aspects of just weird, disturbing shit. Yeah. Like, give me your heart. Yeah, this one's pretty dark and grim. That was their name. I actually read that in my... I didn't do a ton of research because I felt like I was just going to get overwhelmed with how much stuff there was. There's so much information about this movie. It's bananas. I, I did read that apparently Disney was criticized for the story choice because it contained scenes like anything with the witch. Like the chase through the forest that could be traumatizing for kids. And that criticism was repeated with Pinocchio, with Fantasia, because those did have very upsetting scenes in Pinocchio. I'm pretty sure that that whale is why I don't like whales. Really? The whale? I think so. That was the disturbing scene, not the weird, like, drug addict donkey scene? Oh, that's why I don't like drug addicted donkeys. 100%. (laughs) And what was the, in Dumbo, the pink elephants, when he gets, when the child gets drunk. Oh my God, what was wrong with Walt Disney? Maybe he was really fucked up. Or maybe it was just the 40s. Maybe it was the war alley. People were getting over. They were getting over the war. They wanted to see drunk elephants and kids in coffins. (laughs) Should we dive into notes? Let's dive into our notes. So development on Snow White began in 1934. Apparently, Walt Disney acted out the entire story to his staff and announced it would be a feature-length film. I like to imagine him miming everything. Yeah. To the, the nine old men. And then she's sweeping, goes... <laughs> Walt's main attraction to the story was the seven dwarves and their possibility for gags and screwiness. For sure. I thought you just said it for gays. Nope. For gags. Which I think leads back to that feeling like a vaudeville slapstick kind of comedy. Sure. So apparently Disney bought the rights to a play based on the Grimm's work, but didn't use it for the adaptation. They didn't use the copyright? No, because I, I looked, um, one of the things I noticed in the credits is that it does say it's based on the Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. Or not fairy tales, the Grimm's brothers' tales. That was the other thing I noticed or read when I was reading about the Grimm brothers is they didn't, they specifically did not call them fairy tales because there are no fairies. In, in, in the stories? Yeah. Oh. They're just called, they're called. Wrench in the works, huh? Right. They're not called fairy tales. They're just like, they were children's tales, apparently. So not fairy tales. Very weird. Um, I read another one of the random things I read that I didn't actually write down in our notes, even though now that it's applicable. (laughs) They recently, like within the past, within the past 10 years, tried to trademark anything with the word Snow White in it. I saw this. I was going to look into it. I didn't get around to it. Did they actually get it? I don't know. When did Snow White and the Huntsman come out? That was like 2013 or something. So it must have been after that. That was not a good movie. No, that was a terrible movie. It had some great like, imagery, though. We'll have our that, we'll talk about it on our Chris Hemsworth podcast. Yes. Oh, we should totally do a Chris Hemsworth podcast. We could so watch podcast, all the Marvel movies. Isn't he great? God, he's great. 
So I do have a note. I put it apparently in social commentary and problematic is in 2013, the United States Patent and Trademark Office issued a trademark to Disney Enterprises for the name Snow White that covers all live and recorded movie, television, radio, stage, computer, internet, news, and photographic entertainment uses, including literary works of fiction. I'm sorry, excluding literary works of fiction and nonfiction, which seems like bullshit for something that they stole from the Grimm brothers. I want someone to write a nonfiction book about it. Let's get the true story. There were a couple of things of like, the story could be based on this person, but they all seemed really far-fetched, so I didn't really. Play. Yeah. Hmm. Well, all right. Snow White and the Seven Doors was referred to in film circles as Disney's folly because they didn't think it was going to succeed or do well. Apparently, the average Mickey Mouse cartoon or the Silly Symphony cartoons that Disney was doing cost between $50 and $75 per foot of film. Yeah. Apparently that's how they measured it. I have never heard this before it, it in my life. It was the 30s, baby, whatever. It was the 30s. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs cost $200 a foot. Oh, that's four times as much. That's a lot. The original estimate for the cost to make this movie was $250,000. The final cost of the film, which we listed earlier, was almost $1.5 million. So not a great estimation. So did he pay for this himself? Do you know? I think this was the one that he did a lot of like weird financial things with his own money just to get it made because he was like, everyone thought it was a terrible idea yeah. to make this full length animated feature. There's quotes in the Wikipedia article about it from the animators. Some of the animators who like didn't think that their audience would stay engaged or interested for that long in a movie like this. Yeah. Which seems so wild to me today because like everything yeah. is this. Everything is full length features. Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? Right. Uh, some other names for the dwarves that were considered included Jumpy, mm-hmm. Dizzy, Hickey, Wheezy, Baldy, Gabby, Sniffy, Lazy, Puffy, Tubby, Shorty, Burpy, and I think possibly the most offensive of all of them, Deffy. Here's the thing, though. I love all of them. Deffy <laughs> is problematic. Definitely. That's Daphne's not a good one. Issue. But I actually saw the same thing. I saw that same list and I was like, I literally love every single one of these. They're great. How do you, how would, I mean, but like, how do you pick better? I'm for sure into burpee. I feel I'm a that fan I'm a, of Sweezy. Mm, I think you're a fan of Sniffy because you get allergies real bad. I am living in the allergy world right now. It sucks. So they released a bunch of merch along with the film, including hats, dolls, glasses, and apparently garden seeds. I'm more interested in the glasses. Well, they're probably like drinking glasses. I was thinking Not eye like glasses. glasses. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> but the I garden seeds is a I weird thing. I know what to words me. mean. Well, yeah, garden seeds are a weird thing to brand, but I suppose though, like brand everything. Why not? Disney used the profits from Snow White to finance the Burbank Studio, which is still there to this day. I was born across the street from that studio. Were you? Mm-hmm. Are you also a California baby? Yeah. You and Connor. Lotus was born in Glendale. I was born in Burbank. Where was he born? I don't know where in California, but he was born in California, and they moved here when he was three months old. (gasps) I was three months old! Connor and I are, like, simpatico. I like to give him a hard time when he, like, tries to say something like, well, Minnesotans. I'm like, what do you know? You're from California. (laughs) We hate it when you say that. (laughs) I was three months old. I find it very funny. Lotus was there until she was four or three and a half, and then when I was three months old, they packed up and moved back here. 
because I think my dad was having chronic bronchitis from all Ooh. the smog. Oh, yeah. Not a problem now. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the murder podcast and they were saying like, yeah, we haven't seen each other in a month. But also the skies have literally never been so clear like the 30 years we lived wow. here. Yeah, it's a terrible unintended side effect of COVID. The dolphins are back in Venice. Right? I didn't even know dolphins were ever in Venice. That's wild to me. I hope that they develop opposable thumbs and take over. Right? Anyway, I was born across the street from the Burbank thing. That's why we're doing this podcast. My mom always said that's why I love Disney so much. Yeah. (laughs) And then I put this last note in here just because I thought it was really funny. Because I just find Laserdiscs really funny. On October 28th, 1994, Snow White was released on Laserdisc. And not a moment too soon. Not a moment too soon. I kind of want a Laserdisc. (laughs) For what? I don't know. Just the aesthetic. God, you... dead media, Jesse. Yeah, you and Connor and your dead fucking media. What's something that nobody cares about? I love it. So, this is cast and crew. I noticed this right away. There were, again, a ton of people involved in, like, every aspect of this. So, there were, like, 35,000 animators. There were, like, legitimately over, like, 10 animators. And one of them was Wooly Reitherman, a.k.a. Wolfgang Reitherman, who was the director of The Sword in the Stone, which was one of our... Was that our last episode we did? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the last episode was... And I think he also did... Robin Robin Hood. And I think he directed most of the movies from like the 60s into the 80s. I like that his nickname is Wooly. It's pretty funny. It must have dropped off after because we didn't see that nickname in any of the other ones we've done so Mm -hmm. far. So I think he directed a lot of the animated feature films. So we'll probably see a lot of him in the coming up stuff for the older movies. Yeah, I like that little connection a lot. And also in the opening credits, there is a special thank you from Walt to his crew saying like, thank you for working so hard on this and believing in this project. And I thought that was like a pretty cool move. He never right. did it again, as far as I know. It'd be a lot cooler but... if he had actually credited all of the women who worked in this film. They're just ladies. The entire inking department was women. But they were ladies. They were ladies. And so part of it was because they kept departments separated by gender. So the entire inking department was women. They kept them separated by gender? Yes, because you couldn't have women working next to men. It'd be awful, Allie. I don't like that. I don't like it either. But most of those women didn't get credited in this film or any films. They were just the inking department and didn't get to be named. So that sucks. Snow White was voiced by Adriana Casalotti. And I'm sorry, but her voice was so annoying. That my note is Snow White's voice is the fucking worst. And Connor pointed this out. It's the classic voice of that era, that like simpering little girl voice. But well, she was seven. She was seven. But that's the other thing is like that simpering little girl voice was just so gross. Yeah, like all of these like she's supposed to be like this the most beautiful person and whatever, but she sounds like a seven year old. Yeah, for sure, which is disgusting. Yeah, I hated it. No hate to Adriana. No, I mean she was only doing I'm sure what someone told her to. Right. I don't have anything else on cast and crew because this is from like almost 100 years ago and I don't know any of these names. Yeah, no, same. So I don't care about them at all. (laughs) So this was the first full-length cell animated feature film, and that just means it was each frame was animated individually. What a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Sounds terrible for the inking department. For the inking department who had to do all the fucking work. (laughs) 
1937, Disney developed a multi-plane camera where they could film up to seven layers of artwork at different levels. This allowed the animation to have a lot of the depth that you see and where like some pieces are the parallax. So some of it's moving a little like as you're going across the screen, some of it's moving faster to make it seem like it's a little more three dimensional. It was also used in Snow White to create the rotation effect of the Queen's transformation, which I had never noticed before when I watched it, but I really paid attention to it when I watched it this time. It's really cool. And how they did it was they just had two different plates moving in opposite directions. Oh, that's To create that rotation effect. And so I'll try to post a picture of this multi-plane camera. It's basically a big camera pointing down to lots of plates of basically glass. I have seen that in on reddit it yeah somebody posted a uh it was an actual like footage of them doing it and then like an animation of how they did it like a uh, scene by scene yeah it's pretty wild like it's just these big plays so it it, it allowed and they did up to like seven levels of it so you got a lot of real depth into it and i don't feel like they went quite as hard in later movies with this i feel like this one did a really great job you could really tell that there was a lot of care put into every single layer of these yeah. shots whereas like sword in the stone that we talked about last time you had more of those watercolory backgrounds and sketches and less mm-hmm. detail everything in this movie was really detailed the steps had little faces carved into the ends of them yeah the rafters were very detailed everything was detailed and i think it was part of why i think this film is still so revered is because it was like this revelation well revelation like this mastery of this style because they put so much work into creating all of this detail so this is one of the things uh, one of the things that i remember seeing on tumblr is like there's this rumor that the inking department used rouge like makeup rouge Mm -hmm. to color snow white's cheeks i actually found an article from one of the uh, that i think interviewed one of the animators or was talking about one of the animators and they didn't actually use rouge because it would have smeared on the plates and smeared on the cells and really hard It, it was literally up to these women uncredited women in the inking department to figure out how to put color on her cheeks because otherwise she was just going to be like pasty pale yeah girl and no color in her cheeks so they did a bunch of tests to try to figure it out and they're trying to find out and they ended up using rose colored dye and a piece of cotton on the end of a pencil and oh my god (laughs) literally applying it to every cell so the woman that was responsible for most of this work was helen auger and she did it just like you would do an animation like if you were animating something she'd put a stack of the cells in front of her create like at the top one where the dot was where that blush spot was going to be and on the last one where the blush was and she'd have to trace that through that animation oh my god and add it to every single thing and they did it on snow white and apparently they used some of it on the queen as well but yeah that just seems like apparently they never went this hard on it ever again like they did not do this style of adding that color do we know how many individual drawings this movie is so apparently the film included two hundred and fifty thousand drawings that's too many that is too many and Snow White is in a lot of those. Right. That's a lot of fucking work for poor Helen Auger. Yeah, that's true. To not even get fucking credited in the movie. I hope she made a lot of money off it. Probably not, though. She didn't. You know she didn't. But I gave her Please. scraps of bread. 
So I don't know if I'm imagining it. It seemed like the animation got a lot smoother as the film went on. And I have no clue if they animated it in order, like in sequence. They probably didn't. I feel like that's not usually... Yeah, it's usually just done like people get assigned different chunks. Right. But if you watch the movie front to back, the animation in the beginning is very choppy, kind of... I don't know if stilted is the right word, but it's choppy. It's not very smooth. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit rough. Again, no hate. First time doing it. But towards the end, I feel like it improves dramatically. I guess I didn't notice this as I was watching it, but now that you mention it, like, that beginning does feel more like those old cartoons. Yes. Like, less... And and maybe it's a matter of they were doing less frames per second, and they were like, hey, we need to up this to make it look better, but we're not going back to fix that shit, because... Yeah, I don't know if there's any truth behind that. It was just something that I noticed. Yeah. A little anecdotal thing. This has the book opening. This is the the OG book opening. The OG book opening. We love a book opening. Gotta love a book opening. I I hope someday I could see some of those. Yes. There's gotta be like an exhibit somewhere that will have them someday when we can go places again. One thing that I noticed and couldn't stop seeing is that Snow White's face looks like some of those centaurs from Fantasia. Yeah, it's very round. That round, like, yep. simpering totally. eye look. And I'm sure it's some of the same animators because they basically started in on, like, Pinocchio and Fantasia almost directly after this movie, so. I can picture it now, though. I totally see her face, like, imposed on, superimposed on, like, that little blue yes. centaur thing. Yes! Yeah, exactly. you're totally the right. The little blue one! <laughs> You're totally right. This is why we're friends. Yeah, that's right. Because we know exactly which fucking centaur I'm talking about. Yeah, this is a symbiotic relationship. (laughs) (laughs) The creepy grabby hand branches when she's running through the forest are pretty sweet. Loved it. That was so creepy. Um, although I couldn't get over it when she's running through that forest and like her like, oh my god, faces and she's throwing up her arms every five seconds. Like, oh, geez, why bitch, wouldn't you just chill. be fucking bolting? Right. The cuckoo clock in the dwarves' house yes. isn't a bird; it's a frog <laughs> that pops out. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's funny. I don't know why, but I find that really, really funny. And then there's um like beer steins up yes. on the shelves, which is super yes. super great nod to that German fairy tale thing. I wrote this in my notes, but I didn't put it in here. That the yodeling, yeah, I was like, wow, that's super German. Like they did a good job having a little nod to the actual German origins. Of yeah, the story. which I thought was kind of cool actually that to touch on that. Yeah, and put some notes too. in there of German stuff, and then everything about the queen queen's aesthetic is just fucking legit all i want 100%. her her throne is amazing her little like potion room is amazing the skull on the apple is a great little animation I, bit i gotta say i hate her like weird head covering thing yeah but i wonder if that's just a matter of when it was set it probably was but i've never felt like the queen was all that because like i don't i feel like my mom used to say that the hair makes the person and i feel like i can't see her hair so i don't know what's going on you see her hair for a hot second when she starts turning into her creepy old lady version and i'm sure she was and she's got like this big fucking like blonde hair yeah i'm sure she was but we never see that never see it so i could have this completely wrong but i think the other movies that have the book openings have like a narration over it they do yeah this was this one doesn't this one like expects you to read this book and like read that crazy font 
and read the crazy calligraphy yeah, totally yeah. and i remember because i wasn't really paying attention very well when we watched it yeah. today i was like oh shit i gotta read this so i know what yeah. i'm getting myself into because yeah i think anything else that uses it they they narrate over it and it doesn't even necessarily line up quite with the book saying so the wikipedia page lists the huntsman's name as humbert Humbert the Huntsman. Humbert the Huntsman, who we Humbert S. Humbert. never see again after he leaves her in the forest. I have to assume he's dead in a ditch somewhere. I like to think he ran away to Cinderella's castle. He was like, fuck Germany, I'm going to France. <laughs> so the magic mirror always creeped me out when I was a kid. Always yeah. creeped me way out. But I've also always wanted to know its origins. Like, where did right, it come like, from? Where did it How come did she from? get it? And I feel like it was explored on Once Upon a Time on ABC, which is a show I've tried to watch three different times and I always get to the same point that I'm like, oh my god, this is not good. No, <laughs> I give up bad. on it. I think it's still on. Of course it is, because I'm sure it's making them money. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to know the story behind this magic mirror, too. He's also referred to as the slave of the mirror. So is this oh, like some weird Aladdin like, reference? genie in the lamp thing? Is it a Aladdin reference or is Aladdin referencing this? Shut up. Um, I don't know. (laughs) If that's the case, then why would she even trust what he has to say? Because he's just going to say whatever he wants her to say. Because he's telling her that she's pretty and that's all she wants. This is toxic masculinity. Bitch, why do you care what you look like? You're a a queen. You're You're literally a queen. You could be making these dwarves' lives so much better. They live in a crappy cottage. Oh, can we talk about the prince for a second? The least developed character, lesser developed than the vultures who yeah. follow. Yeah, the I vul- love we'll them because oh, I I don't do. Anyway, he is very super feminine looking, which is fine. Live your life, bro. But he's got that crazy deep voice. He appears to be at the very least in his late teens, at maybe least. early twenties. She is. They doubled her age. She's fourteen. Fourteen ripe for the picking he is still a predator it's creepy as hell creepy af for sure um i feel like the super feminine looking princes was kind of the style for these disney movies because like prince charming and cinderella is also very he's got some very feminine features delicate, to him. yeah very delicate um don't you, have you dare to say anything about prince philip I he will. is nothing but manliness but he's sensitive He's a sensitive, you know, he's, he's my favorite. Sensitive soul. But yeah, I feel like that sort of feminine, beautiful prince thing was just the style of how they did princes. And that's fine. Yeah. Dude, go for it. Embrace that side of you. Also, she's 14. 14. I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, this is kind of the ultimate love at first sight movie. Like, he literally sees her singing by a well with her awful voice and her ratty ass rags. And he was like, I gotta have it. We talk about how creepy it is for him to butt in on her solo. So even the love my life, Prince Philip, like he sees Aurora singing, but he's at least like, "Hi, how are you? Let me introduce myself." He's not like, "I'm sliding right into your DM, bitch. Let me go." (laughs) You're 14. I'm into that because I'm a creepy guy. Creepy creeper. It is like yeah, like he's like, "Oh fuck this girl." What is he doing in this kingdom? Is he on some sort of diplomatic mission? Because he's clearly not a prince from this kingdom, because that would be incestuous. Bro, is the beast the king of France? Like, that is something you can't even begin to explore, because it doesn't make any sense. Okay, when the huntsman takes her out to whatever, pick flowers or whatever they're doing, she's wearing her... 
Right. <laughs> to murder her. She's wearing her iconic Snow White outfit. Why? Yeah. She's going, yeah. like, like, foraging how did she... for shit. Like, why isn't she wearing her ratty-ass clogs? Why is she wearing, She's wearing like, heels? heels. And... Like, yeah, like, how did she get to change into this outfit? She's been in fucking rags for the whole beginning of this movie, and now she's suddenly got this whole outfit? And a cape. And a cape that she literally never takes off the entire movie. Why would she? Why would you? If you had a cape like that, you would keep it on, too. Oh, and I said, wouldn't clogs be more appropriate for foraging or whatever she's doing? And don't pick up the baby bird, you stupid bitch. (laughs) She picks that thing right up. Oh, hello, bird. Where's your mother and father? Will you put the fucking bird down? Right? I mean, you that's deserve to my, have your heart cut out. My entire like thoughts while we were while I was researching this while we watched it was like, what a dumb bitch! What are you doing? She's so stupid. She's so dumb. She is only She's seven. fourteen. So like, I remember being fourteen. I was also a dumb bitch. So maybe they got that part right. Maybe. Oh, that's my literally my next note. How is this girl so dumb? Does she not understand that the queen hates her? So she's like, oh no, who would do this when the huntman's, huntsman's like coming at her with a knife? Yeah. It's like, hello, maybe it's the evil stepmother queen who's got you in rags cleaning the fucking castle. Maybe she, she hates you it. enough to murder you. Why are you so dumb? <laughs> My next note is just after she's running through the forest and she just ends up laying down on the floor and crying is, I too want to lay down in the forest and cry. That's a classic Disney princess move. Throw yourself on the nearest object and just start to cry. You know what? Legit. I understand that so well. I 100% get it. You know what? I too would like to throw myself down on things and cry. People love when you go into their homes uninvited and perform unsolicited acts like cleaning and washing their underwear. What the fuck are you thinking? Okay, to be fair, she breaks in. But to her credit, it does look like a completely abandoned cabin. It looks abandoned. I, too, would have been like, shit, no one's been here in a long time. I'm going to take it over. Squatter's rights. Do you think so? Yeah. Like, she gets there, and there's fucking cobwebs everywhere. Dirt and grime and dustiness. And, like, yeah, I would have been like, well, nobody's been here in a while. boys. You know what? No excuse. Boys can clean, too. These are some mineral-rich mines. (laughs) For serious, like, those are some sparkling-ass rocks. The entire wall is just a big shiny thing. What was the rare gem industry like back then where you could have a mine literally full of diamonds and you had six roommates in a shabby cottage in the middle of the forest? What do they do with all these gems? Because all we see them do is throw bags into a vault, shut the door, lock it, and leave the fucking key on the door. Yeah. Like, are they what supposed are they doing? to do that or is that just dopey being a dope? There is a hook for the key to go. Connor thinks it's a joke. He just thinks it's like one of those like slapstick vaudevillian style jokes. Could be. Which I suppose is legit. Um, I think I put this in Disney physics later down the line, but also those gems are all like pre-cut gems. Yeah, do you like how Dopey also shoved like diamonds into his eyes, pointy ends in? Right? But like, so gems don't look like that when you dig them out of the ground. No, they just look like shapeless blobs. They look like shapeless blobs. They're minerals. They get get cut into these jewel shapes. And the (laughs) fact that they just dig out these jewel shapings, is somebody planting these gems for them? Look, I am taking a geology course that I'm half-assing, so I'm basically a geologist, and I can tell you that that is not how that works out. So how far do the dwarves have to walk to get home? I'm guessing not too far. Okay, but the clock strikes five, and they're all like, 
time to go and they start walking and it's still daylight but they get back to the cabin and it is full nighttime you know how the sun sets quickly in the black forest okay let's talk about twilight again civil no. twilight nautical twilight and astronomical twilight you remember this, this i'm so sick of you bringing this up every single conversation that we have your fucking nautical twilight i'm so tired of it <laughs> i'm learning so much doing this podcast ellie <laughs> You want to talk Twilight, bitches? I'll talk fucking Twilight with you. We should do a Twilight podcast. A hundred percent. I would for sure get drunk and watch Twilight and do an entire podcast about it. Let's do it. So when they wake up Snow White, go through and they send up Dopey and we have the really great slapstick scene of him coming down and wearing the pots and pans and whatnot. And they go up there and they, they wake her up and they do the funny nose thing popping over the side and she starts guessing which one is which. She guesses Doc first. Yeah. How? He's got glasses, so he's smart. That's exactly what Connor said. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But, like, that should have been process of elimination. Like, it should have been, like, obviously you're grumpy, obviously you're sneezy and whatnot, and you are clearly the last one, therefore you have to be Doc. Well, she's a smart 14-year-old. What do you want? No, we've proven time and again that she's the dumbest, stupid bitch of a 14-year-old ever. My next two notes were... I think Grumpy is my spirit dwarf. Then all females is poison. Grumpy is no longer my spirit dwarf. <laughs> I saw this when you added it and I started laughing so hard. <laughs> he broke my heart. So how old are the dwarves? What is the lifespan of the dwarves? Why are they both little men and incapable of washing their hands without pouting and throwing temper tantrums? These are all great questions. I don't know. I'm going to say they're in their 50s. I mean, at or, least they're all gray. Possibly. Now, I'm just speculating here. Okay. Maybe they have very long lifespans, and it's been hundreds of years since they were, I don't know what a baby dwarf is. A dwarfette? A dwarf baby. A tiny dwarf. Mini dwarf. Whatever. A dwarf dwarf. A dwarf dwarf. <laughs> and they don't remember, like, things that their, I'm assuming, dead mother taught them. I'm also guessing that they're all brothers. They might not be. I don't We're going to touch on this later. I don't think they're related. Oh spicy hot take for real yeah i don't think okay. related. we'll get there i'll bring okay. this back up later all right all right should we get into the entirety of the hand washing scene and how it lasted about 10 minutes too long 10 minutes too long so is the implication that they have never washed anything it kind of seems that way huh if they never the wash bachelors how does doc know how to do it good doctor why do they even have soap how they make the soap? I mean, they've got, like, bars of soap, multiple bars of soap. Where do they come from if they don't wash anything? Fight Club? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just something they had lying around. They just have soap lying around, but not using it? Welcome to quarantine. Welcome to quarantine. I don't know. I fucking hate Snow White. So, read the hand washing, right? Right. They're like, all right, well, I guess you can stay in our home. And she's like, show me your hands before you have supper. This bitch has gall. She forces her way into their house. She mocks them. Oh, you're little men. And then she voices on point, P.S. Thank you. And then she shames them for their grooming habits. Like, oh, let me see your hands, little boy. To be fair, if they've never washed, that's disgusting. Oh, 100%. Also, she's 14 and she invaded their home. If they want to be dirty, skanky, little single men, then like, let them live their lives. Okay, so I put this note in social commentary. But let's talk about main female characters having to fulfill mother roles in films. I hate it. I hate it. Can we blame Snow White for a bunch of white men making her character a mothering 
Let's blame her for everything. Let's make her the scapegoat. I mean, let's talk about, like, Wendy Darling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you know the thing about Wendy Darling? When we get into Peter Pan, I'll get more into this, but the thing that always has consistently bothered me about Wendy Darling is she takes on the mother role. And how old is she supposed to be? I mean, she can't be more than, like, what, like, 12, 13 at tops? It never bothered me that she took on a mom role, but I always wanted Peter to take on the father role. And it never happens. Well, no, because he doesn't grow up. That's the whole point. But he's the leader of the Lost Boys. Look, we're going to have to save this for Peter Pan because I think it's going to be a Put a pin whole... in this. We're going to have a good conversation. Peter Pan's going to be a good one. We don't even have that on the schedule. We should think about that one. Mm. Anyway, she infantilizes them. Absolutely. And it drives me nuts just because they're short. They're older than you. By you a lot. You dumb fucking bitch. You dumb bitch. So when they're having their big party in the evening, or I guess uh, not big party, it's just the eight of them. Grumpy is playing the organ. Connor was very appreciative of this organ because it was super cool. Yeah. To him. I don't know. He's a nerd. But Grumpy is playing the organ with his butt. I loved it. Just throwing that out there. I, I loved really it. Funny. That is some twerk power Legit. that you and I can only dream to have. We can only dream to have Grumpy's twerking power. So then they all, it's time for bed, and they give Snow White their entire room. Is this still the first night? Yeah, for sure. A lot happens in that first night. I mean, this entire movie happens over, like, most of the action happens over, like, two days. And then she sleeps in a coffin for a few months, and then that's it. Because, so, she is cleaning in the morning, the prince shows up, the queen is no longer the fairest in the land because 14-year-old Snow White has surpassed her. She sends her off with the huntsman to die. Snow White finds the cabin, the dwarves come back, they have a party, she's a dumb fucking bitch and eats an apple the next day. Interesting. Okay. I mean, nothing happens. Like, it takes very little time. But so when they're going to bed at night, they give her their room. There are seven beds up there. She only needs three of them. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they use the other four? Um, Probably didn't want to be improper. So bring them downstairs. There's seven of you. You can't move some beds. They're very small. They're very strong. Don't infantilize them, Allie. They're little baby men. (laughs) Wash your hands. But also, like, why not even just, like, take your pillows and blankets down? Because why would you do that when you can sleep in the cauldron? That's the other thing, is that scene of, like, focusing on each dwarf sleeping somewhere went on forever. Forever. Why Why did we have such a long scene a lot of them? Of the bathing scene, the musical scene, that scene, they went on, like, five minutes too long. Do you they think it was just long. them being like, well, we're making a full-length film. What do we even put in a full-length film? I think it was them not being able to judge what would be good and what would be bad to, like, the right. plot. Again, it was the first one, so I can't be too mad at it. I can, and I will. I'm gonna dig Walt Disney up in his dumb head. I'm gonna yell at it. <laughs> When the queen goes down to her basement lair her to bitch concoct, in basement lair. pretty cool to concoct her like evil witch's brew, mm-hmm. she picks a book out of a lineup, and yeah. the in order the books are astrology, black arts, alchemy, witchcraft, black magic, disguise, sorcery, poisons. I had to rewind the movie. I knew you did that. I know you did, and I knew you knew that to pause it. I fucking want that lineup. How us is that? It's I want great. just a I want just a book that says alchemy, right? <laughs> in my bookshelf. I I love it. It's if great. she wasn't evil, I would totally stand her. If if she wasn't, you know, trying to murder her stepdaughter. Having a stepdaughter, I can't stand that because that would be a bad 
precedent to set. Yeah, you don't want to kill Abby. No, I love Abby. Glad we established that. Don't worry, I'm not an evil stepmother. Yeah, you're the anti-evil stepmother. Do my best. So why didn't the queen wait to turn herself into her ugly old persona until after she was done making the apple? For the aesthetic bitch, what do you mean? Why? You're right. Because they had that amazing scene. Well, I mean, they could have had that after she made the apple. I don't know. I love the cackle. They're like, and I dip it. (laughs) So awful. Um, And one thing I found that was really interesting is when she's looking at the cure for the poison apple, it doesn't say true love's first kiss. It just says love's first kiss. Does every curse have to have like an antidote, do you think? Yes. Or it wouldn't be a good, like, you know, fantasy fairy tale plot point. What if, like, this person can be woken from this endless sleep, but only if she drop kicks an orphan? But that wouldn't be a good action. What if it was a crappy orphan? <laughs> what was one of those shitty orphans? <laughs> I'm but- just, I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm just asking a question. I think the action to undo an evil action has to be something good, not something bad. Okay, then how about if you can break the spell if you donate plasma? They didn't have the technology for that in 1812, Allie, so it didn't make it into this version of the story. But I thought it was really fascinating that it wasn't true love, because so many of these things and like all of the like stereotypes because there has to be true love's first kiss to yeah. break the spell but it's not it's just love's first kiss any love pick a love done with that guy this guy wasn't that what happened in frozen yes it was love but it was her sister it was her sister's love and not so sweet. romantic love yeah it was sweet that's a good move even though Hans I- is terrible i love the second one i watched it two days twice in one day i'll have to watch it again it's that 80s ballad music video was pretty fuck wild. it was so good my coworker. so we have four hours between us getting to work and us opening now and she just blasted the frozen Dew soundtrack because they had she and her husband had their honeymoon in myanmar where his brother and his wife and their kids are and his kids love frozen so they made auntie anne watch frozen or frozen 2 and she was just like they're just really catchy songs and they are That's right. you, you gotta give it to it is that the frozen soundtracks are pretty legit so let's talk about the vultures i love them i love them too they're morally ambiguous they're just like when you first see them they're like oh they're like the bad guys i want to eat snow white and later they're like "Ooh, i want to eat the queen because they're they're, fucking vultures like why are they even there though like what are they just supposed to be ominous omens of i think so i think they're just like the hubris of the queen like i love it i i was just like why are these even here what is the point of these vultures i love a creepy vulture oh hot tip hot Hot tip. tip If a suspicious character appears at your window and asks if you're alone, the answer is always, no, my husband is in the shower. Always. Especially if you are or what your orientation is. If you're nice dwarf guardian slash children, weird relationship people are like, don't talk to anyone. Don't let anyone in. Your mother, your stepmother wants to kill you. Right. Don't be like, oh, hello, old whatever widow. Can I help you? She's so fucking stupid. What a dumb bitch. So where? So after she's been poisoned with the apple, where did this snow white sized bed come from that she's lying on? So I actually read this. I don't think I put it on here. There were a couple scenes that were animated that were cut later. And one of them was the dwarves making her a bed. Really? And then I guess Walt Disney was after all of his animators and those ladies in the inking department did all their work. He was like, nah, 
No wonder this movie went so over budget. Yeah, seriously, right? Right. Um, but yeah, there was actually an entire sequence dedicated to them building her a bed. Because I'm sitting here going, Which, like, literally the night before this happens, you did not have somewhere for her to sleep. Where Do you see the bed, or, like, before she's in the coffin? Yeah, right, when she first dies, they lay her on this bed. They're, like, mourning her before they put her in the coffin, and it's just, like... Why they built that coffin real quick? Where they get the glass? Well, and then we have you have like the super like silent film style of the words on the screen, and yes. I think those are almost direct quotes out of the Grim Fairy Tales or the Grim Tales mm-hmm. about how she was too beautiful to bury in the ground. What a weird thing to say! What a weird fucking thing to say! That just makes them all necrophiliacs, and this is wrong. It's wrong. You heard it here first. Lusting after a dead seven-year-old is not a good look. Not a good look. What is this podcast? I don't know, Allie. We're just ruining everything. The very end, after Homeboy kisses her, which is a totally normal, not at all weird thing to do. No. And she comes back to life, and instead of being horrified, he's like, cool, I'm into it. It definitely looks like they're riding off into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Like, for sure. This looks like some weird Christian shit where they're like, or I'm like, is she alive? Is she just going to heaven now? Yeah. One of the things I wrote was, is this actually just death? Like, is the prince yeah. just death? Is that who he is? Is he not? Is that why he's super into the dead girl? I like that a lot more than everything else. Right? That makes it a lot better than the necrophilia. Because it kind of reminds me of, like, the original Little Mermaid where she turns into sea foam. Right. And then, like, whatever, the angel fucking Michael or Gabriel, like, it was some very Christian shit, like, and then he scooped her up and took her off to heaven to be with Jesus. Like, he kind of came out of left field, but at the same time, you're like, all right. (laughs) Okay, I guess so. I didn't see that coming, but sure, live it up with Christ. What happens to Snow White's kingdom? Because she's the heir. Right. He was a prince, presumably. She was a princess. He was a skater boy. Who's the skater boy? <laughs> I don't know. But like she just she goes off with this prince, and there's no one left to rule her kingdom. So I guess she's not going to make a very good queen. Is my point. But in the tenth kingdom, she's a great queen. Okay, this like is the not whole that. thing. This is not that. Okay, but is she okay in the tenth kingdom? Is she the queen of the prince's kingdom or her original kingdom? I don't know. What happened to her original kingdom, Allie? This is the thing. This is what bothers me so much about this, like, prince, princess, prince, like, I'm not trying to be pedantic here, but the beast is a king in France or a prince in France. How many princes are sprinkled throughout, like, the French countryside? Dukes, maybe. A ton of them. Fucking, like, Right, but you don't just have, like, princes all over the place. There aren't, you don't just dispense princes willy-nilly. He was the crown prince of France. So Snow White was the first American film to have a soundtrack released in conjunction with the film. Apparently that was unheard of and considered of very little value to the studio. Which is wild to me because I feel like it's such a big thing now to have the soundtracks. Totally. Um, Disney did not have its own music publishing company at the time. So the soundtrack was put out through the Bourne Company music publishers. And Disney must have put out a bunch of things to them before they got their own thing going. And they managed to get back most of the rights, but they have never gotten Snow White back. Oh, that's funny. That's really Good. funny to me. Like, Fuck you. Yeah. This Bourne music company is like, no, we're holding on to this shit. Fuck you guys. They're clutching the Wishing Well song. <laughs> But, I mean, as far as the songs go, like, I can't even understand half of the words that Snow White is singing because it's so high-pitched. 
take the headphones off. Can't even take that as a compliment. It's just, it's so loud and so high pitched and so impossible to understand what she's saying. It's so warbly. Like, I haven't taken singing lessons in many, many years, but even I can tell that is not good singing. Mm-mm. On the other hand, there are a lot of super iconic songs that, like, it's pretty hard to not know. Like, The Whistle While You Work, Hi Ho. Mm-hmm. All of those are just, like, those are things that we just know. I told you about Hi Ho Mozart, right? What? One of the first CDs, I think the first CD I ever owned, my parents got me a CD called Hi Ho Mozart. I think it's on Spotify. It is Disney songs in the style of various classical musicians. Cool. So Hi Ho is in style of Mozart. They're very fun. There's I under the sea is Scott Joplin. It's really fun. I'm it's something it I found right a, now. It's something I found a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like a fucking legit album." Classical music and Disney, love it. There's a one weird song though. It's called the Silly Song, or it's the that yodel that you referred to earlier. Yes, the yodeling. So when they're singing the Silly Song, one of the lines is, "Chased a polecat up a tree. When he got the best of me, I got the worst of him." And the the chorus of the song is literally, "This song makes no sense." That's the entire point of this song. And I just like I, I made a um, note, like, "Look it up. What does this mean?" I was like, "Oh, it doesn't mean anything. It's just gibberish." Okay, cool. What was that song that was? It was like a big hit, and the whole point of it was, "It doesn't matter what I'm saying. You just like the tune." Run a uh, hook. My Blues Traveler. That was it. Oh. You're like, it doesn't matter what I say, but the hook's got you. It doesn't matter what I say. As long as I sing within flesh. That makes you feel like I'm coming. truth of that. Hot 1994 reference. Everyone is welcome as hell. When this film was released in 1938, the British Board of Film Censors declared the film was harmful for children and gave it an A rating. I don't know what that means. Which required adults to accompany children to the screenings. I assume it means an adult rating. Probably, but like they, they thought Snow White was too much for children. Dude, people in 1995 thought that The Lion King was too much for kids because the That's dad true. dies. Get over yourselves. <laughs> Shit happens, people. Shit happens. They considered making the queen a fat, batty cartoon type, but Disney was worried that the comical approach would lessen the plausibility of the characters, a worry that is regularly ignored in future films. Here's the thing, though, and I brought this up earlier with her weird head cover thing. She's not that hot. No, but she's also not, like... The bumbling fat character. She's like, t- yeah, she's very like tall and skinny and elegant. Do you think why we got so many of the fat bumbling characters in future movies is because they got so much pushback on this one? Could as be. It being scary and too Could be. frightening for children. I mean, I think about Madame Mim from the last movie we did. Yeah. And how she was like a very powerful sorceress. Also, she was like silly and like not something to be taken seriously. And that is a very consistent theme in Disney movies. Yeah. 
So one of my problems that I have with this is that everyone just knows that Snow White is the princess, but seems to just be fine with her being forced into servitude. Like, the huntsman knows that she's the princess. The dwarves fucking know that she's the princess. What are they going to do? Like, the one in power is the queen. Sure, but like... They don't even act like it's terrible that she's been forced into service. They're like, oh, yeah, Snow White, you're the princess. Not like, oh, you poor princess who your stepmother's forced you into servitude. Let's <laughs> talk about a creepy dwarf. Grumpy. I put grumpy. Better known as misogyny. Yeah, what was his deal? What was his deal? I, here's the worst part. As I was listening to everything they said, I was like, wow, there are definitely people on the internet saying all of this shit right now. Yeah, I also sure. was thinking about the scene from Parks and Rec where Leslie Nope calls out the, the men's rights people and just tells them they're stupid. You're ridiculous and men's rights is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the whole scene when they're leaving for the mines and she kisses them all on the head. She assaults him. He doesn't want to be kissed. She she doesn't assault him, but also, like, that's wicked creepy. Like, all of these presumably very old little dwarf men are, like, lusting after this 14-year-old girl in their home. Uh, When is it established she's 14? Because I know she's 14, you know she's 14. I feel like that's something that might have been something that came along later. I feel like that was something that was just kind of like, oh, yes, she's a 14-year-old. Like, that was the the information that was brought up. I don't think it's explicitly stated in the film. Okay. But it is the widely accepted age of Snow White. Right. And she's the youngest. I believe so. Not that that makes it okay. Ariel's 16. That was fucking 50 years later. We gotta talk about the necrophilia. Do we? I mean, I'm just this kidding. prince you know shows up. To. First of all, how does the prince find her? Sent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so he sees her know. for like five hot seconds at the well. They sing a little bit, and then we don't see him again until he shows up at the dwarf's cottage where the yeah. coffin is. And he's like, oh, here's the bitch. Gotta kiss the dead girl. Did he, like, lift the glass off the coffin? No, it was just magically not there later. Like, it's mm. there, and then suddenly the next scene it's not, and he kisses her. It's weird. It's not how glass works at all. That is not how glass works. Yeah, it's extremely creepy. I feel like it set a very weird precedent for what is and what is not acceptable in Disney movies. What do you mean? Well, this is the very first one. Yeah. And I think we can agree it's pretty fucked up. It is a 14-year-old who is essentially in a coma and a dude she met one time max it on her and she wakes up and she's like super happy with it so that gives them a lot of leeway to be like well yeah then we did this other fucked up thing but it isn't as bad as this first thing they set the bar real fucking low very low and again this was the first one i don't think they had any ill intentions though i don't i can't imagine what kind of environment you're in where you're like oh the 14 year old thing is fine right like, you're 14. At least she's not seven. God, what if that was their rationale? We'll double her age. It'll and it won't be. be nearly as weird. <laughs> Yikes. And what is his deal? What, what is his deal? I watch a lot of 90 Day Fiance. And I know for a fact, shut up, I know for a fact that you have to have more in common than a desire to get married. What do they talk about? What do they have in common? What are their interests? What are their hobbies? I'm not sure that that matters in the 1800s. Well, it should. They're not going to have a balanced marriage. No. That's the other thing I thought was really funny is at the end when she's been awoken through acts of necrophilia and she's all like, okay, I'm going with this dude now. 
okay, bye. I've been here for two days, but I'm going to act like I've lived with you for years. Yeah. Like, bitch, you were here for two days. Chill. They loved her, though. They loved that she did all of their work for them in the house. Yep. There are all sorts of adaptations that happen with this, which is expected given that it's like the first thing and it's right. been 90 some years now. So in 1969, it was adapted into a Broadway musical and I'd never heard of this. And like, I'm pretty up to date with my musical you shit. Sure are. Uh, it ran for 106 performances, which like actually isn't terrible. Mm. It's 105 more than my last hit. Three and a half months. Right. If they're doing every single night. Exactly. So it's on YouTube. There is a 19... I think it was 1980. They did a live production of it. Okay. And it is creepy as hell. All the animals are just actors in animal costumes. So squirrels are like six feet tall. The dwarves are regular actors with giant foam heads and like jaws that move. Okay. And her voice is definitely better. I don't know who played her in this. I didn't look it up, but her voice is not nearly as irritating. But I was cringing the entire time where I was like, girl, you probably went to fucking Juilliard. <laughs> and like, this is what you're doing. Yikes. It was not good. Oh. I think that the soundtrack is available for download if anybody is interested. Snow White was the first film to be scanned to digital files, restored, and recorded back to film. What does that mean? So, basically, it's, like, the cleanup. So, like, they scanned it all digital, and they did a lot of, like, the cleanup of, you know, removing okay. dirt smudges and dust and... So, like, one of the first di- digital cleanups, basically. Right. Yeah, so, like, they okay. cleaned it up, and then they put it... Apparently, they put it back onto film, because I think this happened either in the late 90s or early 2000s, so it's, you know... Okay. We were still in the age of actually needing film, and not just everything was fucking digital. There were video games of Snow White, which... I had a hard time imagining what a video game of Snow White would be. Pretty boring, probably. Well, there was a never-released Atari 2600 game of Snow White, and I found a couple videos on YouTube of playthroughs of, like, what was actually done, and if you had shown me this video and not told me it was Snow White, I would have had no fucking clue that this game was supposed to be Snow White, which is probably (laughs) why it was never released. But then there was a 2001 Game Boy Color game that was released, and there are whole playthroughs of it on YouTube, and they're, like, two hours long, so I didn't watch it. But they start out with, like, her running through the forest, and you have to get through the forest. So they seem to have made yeah, yeah. it into more of an actual right. game. In the 2000s, there was a computer-animated cartoon of the dwarves in development. It was going to tell the story of how the evil queen killed Snow White's father. So that's yep. what happened to him, apparently. Um, and how the dwarves met. And also, how Dopey lost his voice upon witnessing the death of his mother. That's going to, like, fucking Q-bone territory right there. This is why I think the dwarves aren't related. Because... He doesn't. It doesn't say the death of their mother or something. So I think it's just a bunch of dwarves that are like, we work together, we might as well live together. But it's really sad to think of Dopey seeing his mother die and then go live with a bunch of dudes. I mean... Am I wrong? I don't know if you're wrong or right. I don't know what to say to that. Do you not think that's really sad? I don't know. Maybe they comfort... I mean, they clearly work to treat him as a partner and an equal with them. He clearly has some deficiencies in his life. We need to get the guy who did the Door to the Jungle Director's Cut petition to get on this, because I want to see it for sure. Right? Apparently, Lasseter was the one that cut it, so blame him. 
there are, of course, live actions slated mm. for this movie because on the docket, how they're making all their money nowadays. And so there's a live action Snow White in the works, apparently. There's also another film titled Rose Red, which is apparently told from the perspective of Snow White's sister. Didn't know she had a sister. So that's different. Brie Larson was considered for the role. I love her, but I don't like this idea. Did you watch Unicorn Star? No. It's on Netflix. What watch is that? It. Okay. It's, she directed and starred in it, and it's got Samuel L. Jackson, and it's fabulous. Did you ever watch The United States of Tara? Is that the multiple, person- the multiple personalities one? Yes. Yes. So she was the daughter in that. Was she? Yes, she was. Shut up. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I watch. I know I watched and I'm pretty sure I watched it because of you, because you told me to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was the daughter. Patton Oswalt was like the husband's best friend. I gotta love it. Yes, I remember that. So what is the moral of Snow White? I don't know if there is one. Because the only thing I can come up with is that it's better to be beautiful than smart. Because she is a dumb fucking bitch. But she's pretty, so she survives. The stepmother falls off a cliff, right? She falls off a cliff and has the boulder that she was working to drop on the dwarves dropped on top of her. And then the vultures follow her down. I think that like a lot of early Disney movies, it definitely places a huge emphasis on virtue. Mm -hmm. And being kind and diminutive and waiting for things to work out because she didn't have any power. No over her situation she literally died and waited for some fucking pervy ass weirdo to come and lock lips with her that's true and that's pretty fucked up like i feel like this is a movie where if you decided to do a deep dive you if you grabbed two like feminist essayists and you're like let's do a dive they could rip it to shreds well it wouldn't even really be hard no, you and I have done an okay job so far, and we're dumb as hell. Dumb as fuck. But yeah, I mean, like, Snow White's entire existence is due to the fact that she's pretty. That's it. Right. Like, she survives the Huntsman because he can't possibly kill such a beautiful girl. Yeah, it's a good thing she wasn't ugly. The dwarves are like, well, shit, she's so beautiful, we can't possibly smash her in the skull like we were planning to do. Yeah. And then you've got the creepo prince who comes and kisses the dead girl. It's definitely problematic. So yeah. So overall, not great. It's not great. I do have a great deal of respect for it because it was the first one and it paved the way for not just the movies that we love, because we do this podcast because we love these movies. This is true, although we are certainly ruining some of them for ourselves. Then that's okay. But also, it really paved the way for animation as we know it today. If there was no Snow White, there'd be no Pixar. There'd be no DreamWorks. There'd be no, no, of course, Gollum, the hero of our podcast. We have not mentioned Gollum yet. What is wrong with us? Oh my god. This was for sure pre-Gollum, everybody. So (laughs) pre-Gollum. I don't like it. I do have a a begrudging respect for it. Her voice is awful. (sighs) But I I think think it leads back to that. It's very much a film of the late 30s. It's very indicative of what media was at the time. I love how it was like the biggest hit until Gone with the Wind. I think that's. I mean, everything. Gone with the Wind was 1940, so it's not like it was that. Right. It was two years later. It was two years, years later. later. I think we did pretty good. I think we did too. Anything For a else? movie that neither of us liked, this is one of the very few movies I would actually really embrace a gritty reboot of. Oh, for sure. If we could get back, if give me a seven-year-old, I'll watch it. No, I won't. That's awful. 
There are so many Snow White stories out there now. Like, Neil Gaiman has a really great one where she's a vampire. Oh, yeah. Have you read that that one? um, It's one of his short story ones. Glass Apples, yeah. It's so great. Because it it is the gritty reboot of Snow White. She's, like, the the queen is not the antagonist in it. Snow White is. She's a vampire who's killing people, and she cuts out her heart to stop her from destroying everything. And it's so great. He's so good. I love him. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. If we wildly fuck something up, please let us know. If you just disagree with us, you can also let us know, but we probably will not care. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WTPAPod. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for listening, and we hope you hate Snow White as much as we do. Yup. Bye. Bye. Are you taking a selfie? I was going to, but I don't think I'm going to anymore. Okay. Let me know if you do so I can, like, not look like a horrible ogre. You, no. You look like a great ogre. Thanks.